Welcome to this podcast of sermons at CUNY United Methodist Church. This is a reading from Acts of the Apostles, the ninth chapter. Paul kept on threatening to kill the Lord's followers. He even went to the high priest and asked for letters to the leaders of the synagogue in Damascus. He did this because he wanted to arrest and take to Jerusalem any man or woman who had accepted the Lord's way. When Saul had almost reached Damascus, a bright light from heaven suddenly flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you so cruel to me? Who are you? Saul asked. I am Jesus, the Lord answered. I am the one you are so cruel to. Now get up and go into the city, where you will be told what to do. The men with Saul stood there speechless. They had heard the voice, but they had not seen anyone. Saul got up from the ground, and when he opened his eyes, he could not see a thing. Someone then led him by the hand to Damascus, and for three days he was blind, and he did not eat nor drink. A follower named Ananias lived in Damascus, and the Lord spoke to him in a vision. Ananias answered, Lord, here I am. The Lord said to him, Get up and go to the house of Judas on Straight Street. When you get there, you will find a man named Saul from the city of Tarsus. Saul is praying, and he has seen a vision. He saw a man named Ananias coming to him and putting his hands on him so he could see again. Ananias replied, Lord, a lot of people have told me about the terrible things this man has done to your followers in Jerusalem. Now the chief priests who have given him the power to come here and rest anyone who worships in your name. The Lord said to Ananias, Go, I have chosen him to tell foreigners, kings, and the people of Israel about me. I will show him how much he must suffer for worshiping in my name. Ananias left and went into the house where Saul was staying. Ananias placed his hands on him and said, Saul, the Lord Jesus has sent me. He is the same one who appeared to you along the road. He wants you to be able to see and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Suddenly, something like fish scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see. He got up and was baptized. Then he ate and felt much better. May this word of God transform us as it transformed Saul. Has anyone heard of the Inquisition? It's a period in Spanish history of religious persecution. Um, I just actually recently read a novel uh, set in Spain during the Inquisition. Spain has a unique religious history for Europe because um, Muslims arrived in 600, 700 AD um, and conquered Spain. (coughs) 
And within a hundred years, um, most of the local population had converted to Islam. And the way uh, at that time um, the, the, the Muslim rulers were tolerant of Christians and Jews because we all share, we are uh, people of the book. And so Christians and Jews were not persecuted under Muslim rule. And Spain lived that way for 800 years. That's a long time. And then the Christians arrived in the 1400s and reconquered Spain. It's called the Reconquista. And Christians were not tolerant. And so they said to the Muslim folks, convert to Christianity or be killed. Good many people said, okay, I'll convert. And then the Inquisition was um, going after people because they suspected they were still secretly doing their Muslim religious practices. And they tortured people and they killed them. You know, I think torturing and killing a person for your religious faith is messed up. I suspect there were people who were part of the Inquisition that were messed up. But I also suspect there were people who really thought they were doing God's work. That the way to salvation is Jesus the Christ, and they needed to help people protect them from damnation and show them the way to heaven. And if force was needed, then that's what you do. They were a lot like Saul at the beginning of our story. Saul was a Jewish Pharisee. He thought Christianity was all wrong. And he hated Christians. He, there's, in Acts, we hear about um, Saul participating in the killing of Christians. And he's out searching for more. He took the initiative. He went to the high priest and said, give me papers to go to Damascus and search for those Christians and bring them back, to arrest them and bring them back. And Saul thought he was, he was doing God's will. Because the Torah said, it says the crucifixion is a curse. And these people were following someone who'd been crucified. You can't follow a cursed person. So Saul thought he was doing God's work. And he used violence to ensure right belief. And then God intervened. God had other ideas. That fabulous story of being struck blind and falling to the ground and led to Damascus and a miraculous healing with Ananias. This was a turning point in Saul's life. Such a turning point that after those three days of blindness and not eating and not drinking, dying to old self, he became a follower of the way. And he, his transformation was so um, significant, he got a new name, Paul. Paul, the one we know, who planted churches all over the Mediterranean and wrote them letters, letters that are so sacred and so holy that we call them scripture. 
that was rising strong from hatred. Saul was filled with hatred for Christians. And he used violence. He was sure that they were wrong and he hated them for it. Paul was, or Saul was pretty extreme. But the truth is, I think all of us have a tendency to want other people to follow the right rules. I know in my house, we have a lot of conversations about you following the rules and not worrying about other people. And sometimes it's heard and sometimes it's not. And the other day we were talking about, you know, how to handle problems. And one of my kids says, but what do I do when someone else does the wrong thing? And I don't think we grow out of it all that much. (laughs) So God took action with Saul. Struck him blind with a bright light from heaven. And Saul knew it was God because he said, who are you, Lord? I think this translation didn't have Lord, but in the Greek it's in there. Who are you, Lord? Saul knew that a bright light and blindness, he knew what that meant. That meant God. So he says, he's a follower of God. Who are you, Lord? And then he got an answer he did not expect. I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Three days he was blind. Three days he didn't eat, he didn't drink. It's a posture of deep prayer. And then when Ananias arrived, he let Ananias, this Christian, this follower of the way, lay hands on him. He let Ananias speak those words of healing in the name of the Lord Jesus. And Saul was transformed. Saul wasn't the only one transformed. Ananias was too. Both of them had visions of God. Both of them were given commands. Saul was told, get up, go to the city. And Ananias was told, get up, go to the house and lay hands on Saul. Now Ananias knew who Saul was. He knew that he was out looking for Christians and that it goes badly. Maybe Ananias knew some people that Saul had hurt. And I don't know about you, but sometimes when people are horrible to us, you know, I don't actively retaliate, but part of me thinks God will take care of it. I don't need to. I'll just watch from a distance. (laughs) And God told Ananias, go offer healing and reconciliation with God. Ananias had to do both. I, I am amazed that this follower of the way had the faith and the courage to go reveal himself as a Christian to a person who persecuted Christians, I'm amazed by his courage. And I am amazed by his generosity that he would be this agent of reconciliation. 
that was rising strong from hatred. Both Saul and Ananias are transformed. They are moved from hatred to connection. And for Saul, it meant accepting the healing of God. And for Ananias, it meant accepting this reconciling ministry of God. Now, Ananias, you know, was not out killing people, searching for them to hurt them, but he had some judgments about Saul, and he kept his distance. Now, it seems like many of us can identify with that judgment and distance. We're all in our, today, folks are pretty hard and fast with judgment. If you watch social media, man, you don't even have to know somebody to condemn them. And you can see the folks that their fervor, it is so fun to be right about somebody else being so wrong. And that is that judgment that Ananias had. The truth is, we often find our identity in who we are against, in who we hate. And giving up Againstness can be like losing our identity. It was for Saul. When he gave up being against Christians, he gave up being Saul. He was given a new identity. He was no longer Saul the Pharisee, hunter of Christians. Now he was Paul, Paul the Christian missionary the one who went out and planted churches, Paul, the author of Scripture. So if God could overcome Saul's violent hatred and raise him up to become Paul, then God can work with anybody. I mean, I think God God can work with anybody if he can work that way with Saul. So think for a moment. Think about Saul who hated people for their beliefs, who hated people for their ideology. Think about Ananias, who judged people and held them at a distance. Think about which one you identify with the most. Remember, God transformed them both. Maybe you identify with Saul, that giving up your your animosity towards others is a giving up of identity. And the truth is, people will condemn you for not hating. Or maybe maybe you identify with Saul because of the gravity of his sin. He was persecuting Christians. Maybe you have sin that weighs on you. Or maybe you identify with Ananias. Who, who was holding folks off at a distance with his judgment and had to give that up. Now, I want to be clear about something. Sometimes when folks who have, um, who have been abused, when they hear these passages about giving up um, fear and going and reconciling for the other, they hear that as an abused person, it's their job 
to go to their abuser and fix the abuser. And I want to be clarified, that is not what this is about. Ananias was never abused by Saul, and Ananias was an adult. So just so that's clear. (laughs) But maybe you do identify with Ananias and that judgment that holds people off at a distance. And now here is the question. How is God calling you to transformation? Maybe tonight you'll go out for a walk and you will be struck blind and there will be a big light. And your friends, Kellen will be there to walk you, to walk you home. And that'll be your transformation or... Maybe tonight you will have a vision and Jesus will appear in your vision and send you to people you don't like. Or maybe God will speak to you in a less dramatic but equally important way. And God will call for your transformation. Saul, while while both Saul and Ananias were transformed by Christ, Christ gave the offer, they both had to give their answer. Saul had to accept healing, and Ananias had to accept this reconciling work of God. And in that transformation, as you are transformed by Christ, just like Ananias and Saul, your transformation will make you like Christ. Christ will be your model. You will be loving like Christ. You'll be sacrificing like Christ. You'll be courageous like Christ. You'll be faithful like Christ. When when Jesus appeared to Ananias, and Ananias went, he believed in God's capacity to work with even Saul. He didn't have much confidence in Saul, but he had confidence in God and that God can transform people. We could even say that Ananias believed in Paul before Saul did. Have you had anyone in your life who believed in you, who believed in God's capacity to work with you? I had somebody like that when I first entered ministry. I was baptized and I was starving for uh, learning about scripture and learning about God and learning about the church. And only two years later, I entered professional ministry. I uh, was working part-time um, directing a children's religious education program. Um, and it was Tom Mays who was my supervisor. I felt so called to ministry. But... Like, my biblical knowledge was shallow. My theology was not very good. I knew nothing about religious education, and I'd never worked with, like, managed volunteers. Why they hired me is a bit of a mystery. I think Tom believed in the power of God to work with anybody. (laughs) Tom was a, a former Episcopal priest, and he knew a lot. But he actually gave me very little guidance. He did spend a lot of time with me, and he asked a lot of questions. And I remember 
I would offer an idea and his entire face would smile and he would say, oh, that's wonderful. I will remember forever his face. Oh, that's wonderful. God could work even with me. And Tom believed it before I did. Tom's, uh, was, his wife was also an Episcopal priest and actually one of the very first ordained in this country. Women started being ordained in the Episcopal Church in 1984, and she was ordained in 1984. And if any of you, um, especially women, have, were the first one in a role that was previously male-dominated, you know how difficult that can be. Well, I had, you know, my, my biblical knowledge was this deep, and I had heard those, those quotes from Paul out of context um, without any understanding of what Paul meant. It sounded pretty sexist. And I remember once I said to his wife, Alice, I said, I don't like Paul. And she said to me, keep reading. And even today, every time I discover something new and wonderful in Paul, I hear Alice saying, keep reading. So God can work with Saul. God can work. God worked with me. Some people have internalized this idea that in order for God to work with them, they have a lot of checkboxes to take care of. They have to get good enough. They have to do all these things to be good enough before God can work with them. And it starts with, you know, get good grades, get a good job, be nice to everybody, you know, have the right body shape, uh, you know, marry the right person, have the you know, most well-behaved children, whatever, whatever that list is. And they're like, I have to check all of these boxes off, pray a certain amount, know a certain amount of scripture. I have to have all these boxes checked off and then God will work with me. So if you have any of that inside of you, I want you to remember Saul. He had none of those. He was mean. He was not kind. We don't know about his grades. They were probably pretty good, but we'll just let that go. <laughs> Saul, Saul was not, you know, this wonderful Christian person that God could finally work with. There was only one thing that Saul did. He accepted. He accepted God's forgiveness. He accepted God's healing. And God could work with that. Saul had this horrible sin of persecuting Christians and all he had to do was accept and then transformation. The same is true of us. No matter where we are at, there is only one box we have to check off. Accept. Accept God's forgiveness. Accept God's unconditional love. Accept God's call on your life and then transformation. With both Paul and Ananias, 
Christ moved them from hatred and judgment to connection and mission. Christ offers all of us the very same, rising us strong from hatred. Amen. Thanks for listening. This podcast is preached almost always by our pastor, Reverend Mia Crossway. CUNA United Methodist Church is a community on a mission to make disciples for the transformation of the world. To support this podcast and the missional priorities of this church, go to cunaumc.org and click on Give. Any amount helps. And if you're kind enough to share your contact information with us, we'll continually send you things.